Welcome to the Higgins House and my mommy's podcast. Hey, hey, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Higgins House. I am here with a longtime friend. My friend Meredith Sisko is here all the way from those college years. Um, and she is a Jesus believer, a coffee and wine drinker. She's a mama of two. Um, some of you may know her from TikTok. For she is perfectly imperfect me over on TikTok. If you have not followed her, I strongly suggest you do. She will keep you very well entertained. Um, and she is here today um, to talk with me a little bit about parenting with Christ in mind. And um, we're going to cover all things from just her story and um, kind of finding our identity as moms and just all the things. And so welcome, Meredith, to the Higgins house. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Never done one of she's making I'm like, She's making her podcast debut I- today. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, we always kind of start with, tell us um, kind of how your journey into motherhood started and kind of your, your mommy story. So my mommy story, um, when I first met her, Scott and Mary, um, back in 2013, I personally did not want children at the time, and um, Corey was kind of weirdly on board with that because we had talked obviously when we were engaged and we want those in the future. But then when we got married, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know about this. Was, <laughs> I like my sleep. <laughs> you know, just you and me, and whatever. So, and um, he was kind of on board with that, but. Then Within two and a half to three years, some of our friends started having kids and friends being pregnant. Like, maybe this is something like we should revisit and kind of talk about. So we started that journey and uh, we were like, okay, we want kids and we just want to. We want a boy first and then a girl. And if that's what the Lord gives us, then great. And if it's not, then we'll be fine. Um, but that's strongly what we prayed for. The word placed in our laps exactly what we prayed for. So, as I say, that's what you had, isn't it? <laughs> it is. That's awesome. And they're how old are they? The so coop is five, and Caseland is three. It's a fun age gap. Isn't it, it is, and we planned it that way too. And the Lord also provided <laughs> for that. There you go. See, we went, we went four and then we went two and that was a good, happy little medium. And then Lady Kate threw in the mix at 20 months later from Benjamin. And I'm, I'm not so sure about that gap. That's, that's a fun gap. Let me tell you. (laughs) But, um, so let's talk about one of the things that you share on your social media and all, all of your platforms and all of that is you are highly focused on, sorry. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. (laughs) <laughs> Meredith's children are joining the are joining the, the show today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, he said, oh. <laughs> where, are you, where are you at? Are you asleep already? <laughs> Probably. That's how it goes in my house. So we we always I was talking with some friends the other day and I was sharing your your TikTok and your social media. And one of the biggest things that you always do are I mean, they're always fun and, and very mommy centered, but it always brings it back to to Christ and and that is clearly your primary focus. Um, and what you and Corey have kind of placed at the head, you know, of your lives. Um, and so talk a little bit about when you went into that role of motherhood, um, kind of raising, raising your kids with Christ in mind. To me, that was a very daunting Mm -hmm. thought. Um, I was like, and I grew, I mean, I grew up in the church. I grew up, you know, I I was born there. I kind of feel like 24 seven, I was there, but to me, that was very daunting. Like it was like, oh my gosh, I'm I've got to teach them these things, and I'm I've got to bestow this upon them. What was that kind of like for you? So I feel like I'm walking in the thick of it right now. And um, when they were babies, I felt like it was much easier in my mind to um, pray over them, speak over them, and kind of be one with myself with them because they couldn't mm-hmm. talk back, they couldn't walk couldn't do anything like it was them but I was solely providing for them but like today um it has been a challenge because I've I've caught myself multiple times thinking about the specific thing and Corey and I are the 
sole um, people that they see every single day that they're going to follow and interpret and um, act out their actions based on upon what we are doing with each other, with them. And so speaking life into them and how we um, communicate with one another, Corey and I, how we handle arguments, Mm -hmm. how we um, love one another and how we're respectful and kind and show love and everything like that pours out into them and for them to pour out into each other, into their relationships, into school and everything. So Mm -hmm. that has been really, really huge for me just within the last year and a half, two years, um, just really thinking about and knowing that they see everything that we do. They hear everything they They see how we react. And reaction has been a very, very big um, for me this uh, probably past two years. Um, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But uh, just how we handle our situations and handle conversations and knowing that they have to um, see how the good is going to come out of that and know that they're going to be portraying that into other people. Like you want them to represent Christ. You want them to show loveness and kindness and respectfulness and everything. Grace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, it's kind of like, I always laugh. I'm like, okay, how did I, how do you act at Walmart? Yeah. Do they, do they respond the same way as you and that whole thing? Because to me, it's like all of a sudden my kids are now in the age where they, they speak. I mean, like Benjamin speaks, you can't understand anything he says, but Benjamin speaks, he's two. Zane is four and very aware. And very like when he speaks, it's like, but mom, you said that or but mom, you did that. And I'm like, oh, now they're calling me on it. Like now I'm getting in trouble with my own children. Right. Like, and I'm like, so and we were just talking about this in another episode with Berkeley's mom, our oldest with her mom. She was talking about the importance of how I speak of like how she speaks of Tyler or how we speak of her. How can we expect our children to go out into the world and speak good of others or be respectful or be kind if we're not doing that to one another in our home. And like in our version, it's there's divorce plays a role there, you know? And so it's a little more in your face as far as who and how you talk about, but it, that alone, just last week when we were talking about it, it became very eye opening because it was like, okay, but they're right there. Like if I say this about someone right here and Zane goes to school and say it, what am I, what am I going to do? Like what? (laughs) What am I going to get on to him? Like I'm, I should be grounded too. Like I can't <laughs> like, that's not fair. And so I would agree, especially once they hit that. And it's kind of like through the thick of the beginning of motherhood, right? Like they're, they're little and they're quiet. Well, they're not quiet, but they don't talk. They don't have, you know, like they're not verbalizing. And then all of a sudden, I feel like it just happens. It's yeah. like you blink like- and all of a sudden there's a, having this like, Pull out conversations about things that you should or should not be doing. (laughs) And it's, and it's like, well, dang, now it's like, I have to watch my mouth. I have to watch what I say. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. And, and my, my two-year-old who's in speech can't talk and we can't understand him, but I'm relatively certain I taught him a word. Like he falls and he says, shoot. And I'm pretty sure he's saying shoot, but there's like a 90% <laughs> chance he's not saying shoot. And, and it's real cute in the moment because he's two, but I'm like, mm, that might've been me. I'm, I might've done For that. <laughs> Whoops. My bad. I mean, like, and, and so it, it, you're absolutely right. It's like all of a sudden it's a reflection. It's like, you're looking in a little itty bitty mirror. Right. And it's running around and you're like, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then, and then that we live in a world where it's like, we beat ourselves up for that, right? Like as moms and, and you're a stay at home mom, which I, Godspeed, God bless you. I I have days that I think that could be fun, but now I've been home for three days with my kids because of ice. And I'm like, "Eh, eh." they sent out a text today for no school tomorrow. And I was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to need to go to the store. (laughs) There's not enough. There's not enough stuff here for that. Yeah. But, um, so tell, tell us about kind of your, we were taught, you and I were talking about this the other day, kind of finding your identity and, or losing your identity in motherhood. So, you know, your kids are born and you kind of go from this, I always say you kind of had a funeral for your old self, but like 
you go from this, it was just me. I could go wherever I wanted. I could do whatever I wanted. Like we could go have a good time and it didn't matter what time I got home. I wasn't responsible for other people's lunches and stuff. Like what, what kind of was that process for you of going through, I call it the identity crisis because I personally believe every mother goes through it. Um, of just kind of having to refine yourself, but you're also doing it while in the home with your children 24 seven. So kind of what's that like? So at the beginning, um, with Cooper, I, I had postpartum depression and thankfully with Caitlin, I did not have that. Um, but with Cooper, it was very hard and we were away from our family. Still are like mom and dad are still in Salina. Mike and Debbie are still in McKinney. So we don't have any family here. And um, Mm -hmm. becoming a mom, a first-time mom, and not having a freaking clue about what you're doing and being you and your husband and your husband. They do not come with a manual. They they didn't send you home with a manual, I'm here to say. I needed to stay a nurse is what I needed. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, And it just, it was a whirlwind, literally. And Mm -hmm. it's like I couldn't catch up. Like, I I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I felt like I was in a fog for eight months. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it was, in, um, once that all settled down and I regained like consciousness, I feel like, uh, it all <laughs> got better. But, um, now like speaking today and just with them being a little bit older and being a stay at home mom of two and not just one, um, Yes, the going out and being able to freely do whatever you want to do has always been like just a thing. And that's -hmm. been a thing that I've been able to kind of push to the side. Like it's not that big of a deal to me. Like Mm -hmm. if I need to take my kids somewhere, then I'm going to take my kids somewhere. Do I want to take them with me? Absolutely not. Do I want to go sit on aisle three of Walmart by myself? (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) So, um, being in it today, um, my identity, I feel like is the, the biggest struggle for me is, um, it's going to sound like I'm too, but, um, being ignored by my children, feeling not appreciated mm-hmm. by my children or my mm-hmm. husband for that matter, mm-hmm. you're a stay at home mom or a working mom that is at home with your children. Mm-hmm. God bless your soul, because I don't know how you work a full-time job and are still home with your children because being a <laughs> mom is a full-time job. You just don't get paid. Absolutely. Um, so I, I just, I, I can't wrap my mind about around having to do something on top of being a mom and all of your household duties that you have to do while being a mom at home and working on. Mm-hmm. So feeling that way and knowing all the things that go into being a stay-at-home mom. And I I have to like, I, within the last six months, I've had to m- remove myself from the room, especially if there's just been like a huge blow up between me and my children or they're fighting or they just can't get along or whatever. I have to remove myself for at least five minutes and know and pray that God sees me. God appreciates me. And he is the only one that's not going to let me down or fail me. My husband is human. My children are human. They're always going to let me down. It's never going to be perfect with them. And I just have to accept that and know that God sees what I'm doing here. And that that's appreciative in his eyes. And that's the only type Mm -hmm. of identity that I need um, in doing what I'm doing. And to be content. Mm -hmm. In, in what I'm doing, which I am, it's just, I find myself comparing to other moms that are mm-hmm. working and bringing mm-hmm. home an income and all of that. And I'm like, well, crap, like I'm just here. I feel like wasting away my days and mm. doing all this stuff. And I don't have an income to show for it, but I also am raising my children the way that I want them to be raised and not send mm-hmm. daycare, which nothing is wrong with daycare by any means. Oh yeah, no, I get it. it. Just it's not what it's where your yeah. heart is too. Yes, and well, even on the hard days, it's where your heart is. <laughs> it's like a catch twenty two. Like, would it uh-huh. be easier for me to send my kids to daycare and me go have a full time job? Absolutely. 
It would be. Mm-hmm. But do mm-hmm. I want that? No. Yeah. Even on the hard day. Well, no. Yeah. Yeah. Even on the rough days. Well, and that's something I talk about in, in the first episode we launched. We talked about, I don't remember the number now, but the number of women there are in the world. And God specifically chose you to be the mother of your children. Out of every other woman in the world, he already knew that Berkeley and Zane and Benjamin and Lainey Kate would all fall into my lap and I would be the person raising them or co-raising them with Berkeley. And, you know, same for you and obviously same for every other mom. And so I kind of had to step back and remind myself, it's not who I am for them. While that is very important, it's whose I am first and who who is, who has laid out this, this walkway for me, uh, when I'm in the thick of those crazy moments, like, you know, Benjamin is, oh, he is the most stubborn individual and that's coming from me. Like that's, he a hundred percent got it from me, but literally like nap time right now, for whatever reason, it's time to go take a nap. Okay. And he goes and he gets in the bed. And then the second it's time, he sits right up on the edge of the bed and just shakes his legs on the edge of the bed and just looks at me and goes, no, like, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to throw something at my child. If And, and I have neighbor, like I, I, we know almost all of our neighbors and his window looks directly out at one of the neighbor's house. And I texted her today and I was like, if my kid comes flying through that window, just, <laughs> just catch, catch and just know that it's nap time. And she was like, I'm ready. She like sent back the gif of like ready to catch a ball. And I was like, this is it. This is how we're going to go. But, and, and, you know, and Zane is, his emotions are level 100 all the time. If he's excited, he, you would think that, you know, God himself has come down and gifted something to him. If he's sad, the world is on fire and ending like that. That's it. It's the end of it. And I have also, as a mom had to determine what my children do that trigger me and why. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people don't think about it that way. They're like, well, they're just pissing me off. And I'm like, but it's also, it's, it's a trigger for us in some way, shape or form. Sometimes we know why, and sometimes we don't, but why, why does Benjamin just looking directly at me and telling me no trigger me? And is, is it because the world says your kids are supposed to listen? Like, but he's two. So it's like, if he doesn't want to, he doesn't see any reason whatsoever why it's inappropriate to tell me, no, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to do that. Now the spitting thing, that's another problem for another time. But like, and so, you know, I constantly feel like I'm having to remind myself, like, God chose you, God chose you, God chose you. Like, that's my quote in my head. He chose you. And sometimes I'm like, you sure? Like, for you. <laughs> Why? Like, are, are you sure? Did did you need to second guess that one for a minute? But it, because I feel like a lot of times moms just feel like I'm failing my own kids. Yeah. Like, I think that they feel like they are failing their kids. I, I say they like I'm not. A part, I am 100 percent a part of the group. But, you know, we have those days where it's like I have completely lost my cool. Yeah, it's gone. I yelled, I screamed, and they still didn't seem to care. Or I scared the ever living crap yeah. out of them. Or you know, whatever the case may be. And at the end of the day, it's like, sometimes we go to bed and we're like, well, I failed today. Yeah. Like 100. What did I teach them today? And then they wake up the next morning. Like you didn't do anything wrong. Yep. And it's so I've decided that God had specifically created children to be as resilient as they are for days like today, when I need to wake up in the morning and for you to just come running into my room, just as excited to see me, as you were yesterday, despite what happened yesterday or despite where I, yeah, despite whatever I did. And I feel like children are our like walking example of God's grace and God's forgiveness. Absolutely. Because they do it at the drop of a hat. It's like, even if I have those conversations saying, Zane, I'm sorry, mommy got upset. Mommy yelled. Here's why it's okay. Accidents happen. Like, I'm like, okay. Okay. You win. (laughs) You win today. Much like, easier than myself. <laughs> yeah. If I could get a little of that, that'd yeah. be great. But I think our identity is lost a lot. And I think that you touched on it with your postpartum. I think that that plays a huge role. Um, postpartum in general, but depression and anxiety just as a whole, I don't think is addressed Fair very enough. often or, or the way that it should be. Um, and that is something that it's, it's a question I was going to ask you later, but we can talk about it now is 
how is your mental health affected by motherhood? And I had postpartum with Zane from the beginning and I didn't know it until he was like a year old. Oh, wow. And the whole time I, we moved and I switched doctors and he had me do the little like survey that you take of, of all that. And cause I was new and like red flags everywhere. And he was like, um, we need, we need to talk about this. <laughs> and I did not want to do medication. And so we finally agreed that I would do counseling. And that was four years ago and I still see her. Um, but I literally went the whole year thinking that this was motherhood and I didn't like it. And I was a crappy mom and that's it. That's it. I'm just a bad mom. I just don't like it. And I'm supposed to love it. And I'm supposed to just have all this desire to spend all this time with my kids. And I don't, I really don't. They are not my best friend. Like I no. And then you add on like Zane as a baby. It was like Zane needed a bottle. I got up and I fed him a bottle and I got him what he wanted, but I was so angry and annoyed that I had to get up to do it. Like, and I still now, and that's something I was working with my counselor. You were talking about it earlier. Is like when, when Zane asks for something and whatever I get him, isn't what he wanted or, you know, whatever, that is one of those triggers for me. And she said, you have to remind yourself, you had an entire year that your brain associated his needs as bad and as negative. And so I had to like retrain my brain and now I'm doing the same thing. And so for me, my mental health, I mean, I'm, it's accurate for everybody probably, but my mental health is negatively affected daily Yeah, by motherhood and, and positively. But I, because I also deal with anxiety and depression in general on a daily basis, I have to revamp. Mm-hmm. Like I have to, I have to revamp my mind. And so what is, what is your mental health like in regards to motherhood um, and, and or past scenarios or things? How has it been since becoming a mom? So um, with the postpartum depression, like, Oh goodness. I might plug my phone in because I'm about mm. to die. Um, <laughs> did I go get my charger? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go, go run. <laughs> A pause for her to go get her charger. So actually, this is a great time for people to know that you can follow us on Instagram at the Higgins house. It's the underscore Higgins underscore house. Um, You can follow Meredith on um, Instagram at mayor underscore Sisk, I believe, C-I-S-C. And then over on TikTok, um, Meredith is um, the perfect, the perfect, the imperfect, perfectly imperfect me. There it is. I knew I was going to get it eventually. Um, and so you can go follow all of those uh, for all the fun and exciting videos. Yeah, we definitely don't want you to die. That would be no fun. I'm going to have to prop it up with an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going on a roller coaster podcast style. It's great. Yes. Don't sneeze. <laughs> Breathe too hard. Right? Okay, sorry about that. Uh, That's okay. I was not paying attention to that little red line up there. Um, okay, so back to mental health. Um, I don't really know where I left off at, but... You were, you were talking about in the beginning with postpartum. Okay, so all of that was very new and very real and raw and scary to me because I did not realize or understand why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. And I was like, moms are supposed to be so happy and excited to have this brand new bundle of joy at their house and um, just the life that they get to grow with them and their husband. And that's not what I felt at all. Um, and I, I spoke to my my doctor about it. Um, I was the same way. I didn't want to get on medication. Um, but I didn't go to, I did not go to therapy either. And, um, it's funny Mm -hmm. that you say that because within the last month with just, there's other things that have been going on that we'll talk about in just a little bit, um, that I feel like I need therapy for to Mm -hmm. triggers as to why I'm triggered Mm -hmm. by my children, because I am, um, I I don't Mm -hmm. know why. (laughs) 
So um, with that being said, in my mental health today, um, the only thing, honestly, that helps me get through my day is, and this does not happen daily, so don't come at me, (laughs) starting uh, my morning either in my word and praying. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I pray continuously 24-7 every day Mm -hmm. because I have to. Um, but -hmm. praying with my kids out loud, Mm -hmm. uh, setting the tone for the day and just like inviting Christ to walk with us during that day, whatever may come. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that, okay, we've invited him and we know that we are, he's here with us and he is going to be with us in absolutely any and everything that's going to happen today. So knowing that gives me peace of mind and comfort. And if I don't do that, then my day is, it's like a roller coaster, um, legit roller coaster. And um, being in my word, and that's hard for me to do when my children are here. And when my children aren't mm-hmm. here, I'm normally in town because we're 30 minutes from town. And so it's mm-hmm. just being in my word has been a struggle for me lately. And it's something that I'm working on. Um, but also reciting um, scripture throughout the day that I have learned over the years, um, especially during um, an argument with my children or if my children are arguing or if it's something that is just being crazy and kids are over because we live in between two of our friends. Most of the time, mm-hmm. All of the children are here and that is very overstimulating for me. And then I get overwhelmed mm-hmm. and then I get anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you get loud and, or I get loud. I get loud, but not in a happy way. <laughs> I, yes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yelling is um, something I'm also working on. That is one of my New Year's res- resolutions and something that I am truly, truly trying to work on because I don't want that to be poured into my children and then them take that with them in their relationships, yeah. in their marriages, mm-hmm. and when they have children, like, I don't want that to be for me. I didn't grow up at home then mm-hmm. where my parents yelled at me. So why am I? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm yeah. I don't know that I'm going to figure that out by myself. So um, that being said, <laughs> that's where I'm still working on it. If it makes you feel any better. So hundred <laughs> percent, but well, and I think that too, you know, that the, the trigger thing, I, I think that, that's a, a strong word. I think that people are afraid to use that word in regard to your children, like that they're triggering to you. And I think it's always associated with like abuse or, you know, those kinds of things. But, but the reality is when, when anything happens in our little, you know, in our brains, it, it fires off and there is something out there in the world or that has happened, whether we remember it or not, or, you know, whatever it was that causes us to abruptly respond. And, you know, like Zane, Zane is ADHD. He and I both. And when Zane loses his marbles and throws a fit, I get so annoyed and triggered by that only to be reminded later that he's literally doing what I do when I'm frustrated. It's just the four-year-old version. Like, and so I'm like, I've ruined relationships in my life because of the way I respond Mm -hmm in that kind of situation. But it's like, when I get, then I'm so frustrated with Zane, but I'm like, he's literally like, I have to teach him what I didn't learn. It took me a while. Like I'm an adult and I'm still trying to teach myself to not make that my immediate, like just lose, lose my ish, you know, go nuts kind of thing. And I'm like, he is the, I mean, he is a walking Andrea, like bless him. He can't even finish go to the bathroom without getting distracted. He is so bless him. He is me through and through. And, and I just try to picture in the future, him as a husband, him as a spouse, um, him as, him as yeah. a dad. And I don't want to create these triggers for yeah. you because I didn't, because I didn't cope with them yep. myself. Um, and so I think that that is hard. And, um, how, how do you think, because you have, uh, I didn't, I didn't realize until I, I came across you on TikTok one day on accident 
but fun fact we had already known each other like we'd known each other this whole time and all of a sudden i was like okay miss 575,000 people <laughs> like okay and but how do you think and i don't know what your audience i guess is the word for it is like but how does social media play a role into that and into the motherhood world of cuz we I, I've talked with a lot of different moms that are like, I have to really remind myself that Instagram is just a, a, just a highlight. Even the people who are real, raw and honest on Instagram are still only showing you 36 second clips, yeah. you know, that are brief and they're clearly not doing it when they're yelling at their children. Right. Like they're, they're not like, hold on, let me, let me one second. Okay. I'm going to yell at you in a minute, but I need to record it. Like you're not seeing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you could leave the room and come back and do that one more time, that'd be great. But like, they're not, you're not seeing all of those parts. You're not seeing those, those discussions with your spouse that are, you know, private or whatever, but that get loud or that are maybe not done in the best way or, or whatever, you know, whatever the conversation may lead to or whatever. So how, how do you think social media kind of influences women in general, as far as like that whole comparison game that you were talking about earlier? I think social media plays a huge role in that. I think so too. Um, like you said, um, people only show really what they want to show. Um, you're going to get a pretty picture of somebody's life, and maybe it is for that moment, but it's not always perfect. And um, I had um, one of my babysitters, um, she had messaged me and she said one of the videos that I posted, because a lot of the videos that I try to do are in some sort of way ironic to what has actually happened in our lives and um, trying to show like your New Year's, re- your New Year's resolution of not yelling had me cracking up. I was like, yep, yep. I feel that. Like, <laughs> trying to be perfect. Like there's mm-hmm. so many moms out there that are looking for other moms that are just trying to be open and real and connect with somebody on a real level rather than the moms that just want to show their pretty picture, perfect life, which is fine. If that's what you want to do, then Mm -hmm. that's great. Mm -hmm. But for me, I would rather connect with other women and other moms who know, like I I do struggle with this and I am struggling with Mm -hmm. this right now. And I do yell at my kids and I do cuss sometimes Mm -hmm. and I love Jesus, but sometimes I feel like he's not there. You know, like the real open mm-hmm. and honest conversations that some people, a lot of people, are scared to have. I try mm-hmm. to incorporate that sometimes in my videos. And I, like I was saying, one of my babysitters was like, I love how real you are, even if it's a lip sync with, mm-hmm. you know, your kids are not perfect, but you're still going to post that mm-hmm. video to show other moms that like, this is okay. And we know that our kids aren't perfect and we know that we aren't perfect. She I, she was like, I share all of your videos with my mom and we just laugh about them and we just love how real you're trying to be. So mm-hmm. trying to instill that. And I mean, obviously sometimes I, I, I would love for people to think that my family is perfect, but it, we're <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> we a hot mess over here. Like, yeah. no, no. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, especially if you know me in real life. So, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Social media is such a mind game. It's, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Pretty. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, I mean, I think too, it, it doesn't matter. Even the, even the people who are real and raw and honest, you know, like as much as they can be, it, no cameras following me around. You're not going to see it all. And sometimes in my worst moments of my day, for some reason, it actually helps me to feel better to post the good thing. Yeah. Like, like the one good thing that happened yesterday was I drank a cup of coffee and I actually did a little, like half of a morning workout was your at co- home. And so, and was your coffee so hot? No, oh, no, we put it on ice. No, no. It was not watered down, though. I finished it before the ice. Yeah, we skipped straight to the cold stuff. But I didn't finish it before the ice melted. So, you know, same concept. But 
but it was like, I posted that and I was like, okay, well, that's like the one good thing that happened today because, you know, Benjamin also threw Lady Kate's passy in the toilet and, you know, somebody tried to scale the, the table and, you know, this, this, and this happened. And so Tyler gets home at the end of the day and I'm like, you going to work tomorrow? Because I think that it's going to be too wet for you to farm tomorrow. I think you're going to need to be here tomorrow. And he was like, I was going to be home tomorrow. And I'm like, great. Awesome. And so I'm like, okay, we can sleep all is well. And then he's part of the volunteer fire department. So naturally ice, what happened this morning? All the little wee woo things went off. And I was like, okay, it was lovely seeing you. Bye. Then he got home and he was like, I've only been here for like an hour and I'm about to, I'm about to lose it. And I'm like, Okay, let's talk about that. Let, let's talk about it, please. Yeah, let tell me all about how hard it is, please. So that's what I was I was going to talk about. And you touched on it earlier, the whole feeling of not feeling appreciated by your kids, which I think, and I don't know why, I feel like we all just kind of expect that. Like, is that just me? Like, we just, it's like we all go into it like, I just expect them not to appreciate it. I don't know why. I don't, maybe my standards aren't high enough. But my husband, bless his soul, his non-confrontational soul, I I get so frustrated when he comes home and all he could have done is ask me what's for dinner. And I'm like, I don't know, because, you know, six loads of laundry are done and I clean the house and nobody's dead. And, you know, Zane's got no pants on, but we're fine. And I'm like, I don't freaking know what's for dinner. You make dinner. Like, but all he did, bless his soul, he just asked what was for dinner. And so it's like, I, and it's to no fault of their own. And my, as my counselor keeps reminding me, he can't know you're frustrated with him if you don't tell him. And that's, you know, that's on my list of things to work on, but let's talk about that. I mean, let's talk about the reality that is, even when we have wonderful husband, wonderful, loving, caring, kind husbands, we still go through this time of. I don't think you realize what all I'm doing, whether I'm a stay-at-home mom or a working mom. I don't think you realize what is happening here and how how you, because I'm still working on it, but how you, how we need to communicate that. How do you communicate that with your husband? Do you communicate that with your husband or are you like me and you just stay mad inside and don't say anything? <laughs> yeah, we're a lot more like that than I thought we were. <laughs> I, yeah. I really... Yeah, I just shove it way down. I and I think I knew that we were a lot alike just from college. But you know, I I think that that bless his heart. And I don't I don't know your husband as well, but Tyler's a very non confrontational individual. I mean, man won't argue with me about what's for dinner. Like it's like okay, okay, never mind. Um, but I think that we somewhere in in the translation or or in the midst of everything. We forget how to communicate that with our husbands, but we have a hard time pinpointing it. I think that we jump to, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your, it, you did that. When in reality, it's, okay, stop. What all did you do today? How do you need to communicate with him? I did all of these things today and I'm out. Yeah. I'm yeah. you're it. But to, to communicate that in man form, because let's face it, they don't think like we do. They don't no. talk like we do. And one of the ways my counselor described it was, it's like a battery. So like your phone was a perfect example just a second ago. It's like a battery. When you, when Tyler gets home, where's your battery? When Tyler got home yesterday, my battery was at like negative five. Like we were, we were out. I don't know how the apps were still running. And when he got home, he was at like 40% because he's tired from work and he's doing all this. So how do we meet each other in the middle where I can get my charge and he doesn't completely mm-hmm. run out while trying to, you know, it's, it's kind of a mind game, but how, how does that work in y'all's house when y'all, or like I said, or does it, or how should, how would you like it to work? Um, when, when you don't feel appreciated and needing to communicate that with him um, or with your kids, cause it's a hard concept yeah. to explain to your children. It, it, I'm trying. I'm, I haven't figured it out yet. I, I mean, I haven't either. And it's it's a work in progress for sure. Um, Corey and I went to, um, it's called this marriage intensive through his company. And um, this was back in October, I believe. Um, and we kind of talked about 
this kind of stuff and like uh, your pain and your mm-hmm. peace cycle and what triggered you with each other. Um, and a lot of mine mm-hmm. was geared towards the kids and not being seen or appreciated with what I'm doing here mm-hmm. from him fully walking into the freaking house when he gets home from work and notices that there's no dishes on the sink or um, laundry was put away or laundry was even done and that the house was picked up and there's no toys out here and the game room. Yes, you do have underwear in the drawer. Like <laughs> little things that you can be like, oh, like I, I, I see this and just mm-hmm. say, hey, thank mm-hmm. you for doing this. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. That's it. Or even just... Hey, thanks for putting the laundry away. Like, hey, the house looks good. Like, that's it. Just that's that. It. That's it. That's all that's I need. It. And in my mm-hmm. mind, I'm like, how hard is that? How how hard mm-hmm. are those four little words coming out of your mouth? Like, I don't understand. And so we talked about this at our marriage intensive, and I expressed this to him, in which we've had this conversation multiple times. Mm-hmm. Why is it that we have to have it so many times? <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have kind of like therapy and mm-hmm. you, uh, like a married couple and for them to like talk, talk through it with us. And lo and behold, which this is kind of what I've already figured out, like, well, this is your job. Like you're a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't do these things and you came home and this is what – the married couple was saying, like, if, if you came home from work one day and there was a sink full of dishes and there was toys strewn everywhere in the living room and the laundry was just overflowing, like, would you say something then? Like, hey, did, did you not have time to, like, pick this up or did you not have time to do those dishes or, you know, little things like that? And Corey was like, well, yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. So why does it have to be a negative before we say something? Why, yes. why is it so hard mm-hmm. to see those things and just be like, oh, she, I saw when I left this morning that there were dishes in the sink and now they're gone. Like just little, just mm-hmm. tiny little things like that. But also <laughs> this has just happened within the last uh, probably six months. Um, that feeling of not being seen and appreciated from my husband and from my children um, but they're three and five, like the there's, mm-hmm. I have just had to, like I said, previously remove myself from the room and give myself at least five minutes and just to pray. And like I said earlier, knowing that I am seen and appreciated by God and what I'm doing, I shouldn't be doing just for Corey. I shouldn't be doing just for my kids. Mm-hmm. Like everything we do should be for the joy of the Lord. And so that is kind of where my team is coming from now and what I'm trying to uh, pour into. Like one of my best friends was at, I was over at her house today and her husband had made a little comment and um, she was like, well, sure, I'll just, I'll fill it up. And I was like, and you're going to fill it up because it's for the joy of the Lord. Right. And she was like, you're <laughs> Dang right. I am. <laughs> so, a little reminder. And sometimes I make myself laugh and like, that's like Mm -hmm. a conversation and just like an intimate, it's like, obviously your relationship with Jesus should be intimate, but like, it's just like that connection with him and that moment of time. Like, I I know, I know you're here with me and just realizing that. Mm -hmm. So, um, going through, well, and I think going through all of that with Corey, like we, we kind of came to um, not an agreement, but just like a thank mutual you. Mutual understanding. Mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. Like when he does come home now, since then, like even if it's something little, if he saw like I, I fold my clothes over my um, kitchen table chairs and then I put the hangers on him and then I put them away. So if he like sees that in the morning when he leaves and then comes home and they're gone, like he's like, Hey, thanks for putting away my laundry. Cause I mean, I do laundry. He doesn't do laundry. I do laundry. And, um, the little things like that, it has gotten so much better and easier. And it's just, it's been much more peaceful 
in our home since that has happened. So just under. We have found when we first did marriage, like pre-marriage counseling, they had us take, you know, the quiz to see what your love languages were. And we really should do it again because I don't even think I can remember what mine are at this moment. But I vividly remember one of the conversations that we had was Tyler said, he said, I really appreciate when I come home and there's a, a meal. He said, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I get that that's not going to happen like every night. It's not going to be like four course meal either. Like he was like, but I appreciate that. And, and it was things like that. And it's partially because of his job and, and the amount of time, like uh, as a, in the education world, I have summers and, you know, those kinds of times and my off times are his busiest times, like 12 hours around the clock, stripping cotton, planting, whatever. Um, and so his schedule really plays a role there. And so something that we keep talking about is we really probably need to do that again, not because our love languages have changed, but because neither of us remember what the other one's yeah. love language is verbatim. Like, like Tyler's like, I mean, I know what you like. Like, I know that you appreciate like physical touch. I know, you know, where Tyler's the exact opposite. Like he's not about that PDA life. He's not that's, you know, so we are very opposite in our, in our love languages too. And so to kind of find the happy medium, but something else that we had to have a very real and raw conversation about after the postpartum uh, was when we were talking with the doctor, uh, I, I had agreed to go to counseling, but I had not agreed to the medication. And so he asked if I would have a follow-up appointment after I had had a couple of sessions and he asked if Tyler would come. I was like, okay. And he's very family oriented doctor. Um, and so when we went, we discussed, I still didn't want to do medication. Um, and my, my counselor was in agreement that as long as I continue to come once a week, that I was in a good, a good place to nobody felt like I had to have that, but we had to have this very real and raw, honest conversation with Tyler. That was really the doctor had to have it because I didn't know how to have it myself was these are the things that we're looking for. And I don't think that Tyler even realized that it, it was happening. Like, okay, she has postpartum depression. I don't think very many men in the world know what that is. I don't think, they're like, she's depressed, that she's sad. Like, okay, I'll get her some ice cream and she'll be fine. Like, I don't think they realize. And so it wasn't until the doctor was like, these are the things we need to be looking for. Like your wife is a naturally happy individual. And I know that like, obviously there are, there, you know, there are times, these are the things that we're looking for. And you are the person who's mm -hmm. going to see them because you live in the house with her. And so all of a sudden it was like, he became very aware of my, I hate to say mental state. Cause I wasn't like being hospitalized, but my oh, mental yeah. state to a point now that it was serious enough to a point now that he recognizes, not always, but he can and we can have that conversation my mental state like i need you to understand that when i go in a i call it a panic because you've come home and when i start saying things like nothing's ever going right like i jump 90 to 100 right like i could have had a very successful day with the kids and everything got done and then tyler comes home and like one little thing happens and usually it's when my meds are wearing off <laughs> but but something happens and all of a sudden I'm just like tearing myself apart. Like, it's like, I can't ever remember to do anything without my medicine. And I can't remember where my phone is and I can't do this. And the house is a mess. And blah, blah, blah. Tyler's like, we live here, we live here. Like, and, and it's just, but I'll just pick myself apart. And Tyler has said, I have to recognize when you start doing that, that you're, mm -hmm. you're done and that we need to find something else. You need to go do something else. You need to go, I mean, I really should be sponsored by Sonic the number of times that I go there. But like late in the evening, if I start to get like that, Tyler's like, hey, I, I want to drink. Would you go run down to Sonic? Because it's 0.2 miles from the house. Would you run down to Sonic and get us a drink? And I leave mm -hmm. and I go. And he has recognized that. And partially because he's non-confrontational and he's like, it's okay. I'll just send her to Sonic <laughs> and it'll stop. But... My mental health, I feel like, plays such a huge role on how I take whether I feel like I'm being appreciated or not. Like, there's there's this level of, 
I feel appreciated. I don't feel appreciated. And that in and of itself is very difficult. But when, when you have a brain that is also flipping the chart, like flipping the whole role and going, well, he's not, he didn't appreciate you. He doesn't ever notice things. And it's like, I can, I can say things to my husband that, I mean, like I said, I've ruined relationships in the past and this is why. And I thank God every day that he is not confrontational because he doesn't, he doesn't take it the way that it is said. And thank God, because like, I can say, you never pay attention to that. And he's, and he's like, I just did it an hour ago. Like I just didn't do it right now. And I, I just go kaboom. Like I just kind of flip a lid and it's my mental health is not where it needs to be at that moment when that's happening. And so we have to really talk to each other about what do you need me to do? What do you need me to do? And part of that role is because I work outside of the home. Um, because I do, I mean, we get up and we leave the house at seven 30 and I take everybody to school and then I go to work until five and then I pick everybody up and then we come home and then we do all the getting ready things and, you know, have dinner and do all the things. And hopefully everybody's in bed between seven 30 and eight. And then whatever else needs to be done happens. And then I'm lucky if I'm in bed before this, but if I'm falling asleep somewhere between 11 and midnight, and then we have a geriatric dog who you know, gets up 47 times a night and, uh, and the kids. And I mean, so my sleep is affected too. And so Tyler and I have to really talk to each other about like, like he'll wake up and be like, Hey, they slept through the night. And I'm like, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. You slept through the night and we're switching sides because your side (laughs) of the bed doesn't hear anything that happens in this house. And so, but I have found, and this is something when people ask, they're like, well, what about this? What about that? It's not about the role. Every, every wife and husband has roles in the marriage, right? And I don't mean that like the wife does this and the man does it. No, like we we designate roles, right? Like whether you physically say them out loud throughout your marriage over time, I'm the one that does this and he's the one that does that. Can we both probably do the other yeah. thing? Yes. <laughs> but we we create these roles and the biggest thing is understanding and communicating with each other when I can't do that right now. I'm tapped out. Like it's not, nope, I'm, I'm tapped out. And for us to be able to communicate and recognize that with each other, I think is, is huge. And it it doesn't mean that we're great at it. It just is something that we found that works when we do it. But I think that is the, the thing that works for us. What, what works for y'all when y'all get to that place where it's like, okay, you forgot. You didn't, you didn't notice the clothes on the chair anymore. <laughs> do you, do you I, communicate I, that? Some. Or are you like me and, and you try, but it doesn't always happen. <laughs> um, sometimes I honestly do just let it go. And um, mm-hmm. especially if it's something that he's asked me to do, that's really because mm-hmm. if I do it, and I know that you've seen it. I expect almost like he thinks that I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And some of the time, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but if it doesn't happen like immediately, and I've I've learned this over the years of being married. But if he would walk in from work and within ten minutes of him not saying like thanks for doing the dishes or thanks for cleaning up the house or whatever. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. did you notice that the house is clean? Well, did you notice that the dishes weren't in the sink? He's like, I just walked in. Like, give me, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let me go change. My- yes. <laughs> it's that man brain. So, man that brain versus been, mom brain. Um, something that I've learned over the years. And um, when that still doesn't happen after a period of time, I give it some days People don't have mm-hmm. any uh, conversation about anything. Um, I'll, I'll subtly bring it up, and he's like, oh, "I meant to tell you. I meant to." Tell you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Thank you for doing. It. I did see it. I did see it, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't say anything." Like he's gotten to where he can, like, say, I, "I'm sorry that that sooner I should have." But yes, mm-hmm. I did see that, and I really do appreciate that. So just knowing that. He, 
I, I and I'm sure he did see it. It's not like I don't believe him. So I've just kind of learned to kind of let go of some things and let go of expectations that I've had that might be a little bit too high um, for for some things. Um, but also, he after our little marriage intensive thing, he has um, started asking me like. Uh, when he gets home and after he changes and kind of like decompressed for a minute, maybe um, he'll come out and be like, okay, what can I do? What, what do you need? And it, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like stunned. I'm like, I don't know. I have to pick something. I don't know. Like <laughs> pick a card. <laughs> so, but just knowing that he's like willing to, step in and do that but I mean it's mm-hmm. like a cyber so that's yes. that's been uh really big since we've had that and it's helped a lot and I have like a list mm-hmm. of like we well, can do this 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 or this or I can go do this mm-hmm. or if you need me to go to the store or sometimes if he's noticed that like I have had a bad day he's like hey do you want to run to the store and go grab it just kind of like you're like, hey, do you want to go to Sonic? And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I do. It's probably healthier for me to go to the store than to Sonic. <laughs> but, you know, here we are. <laughs> it's fine. Could be going to the liquor store. It's fine. Um, so something that I talk, talk, talked about on another episode was um, kind of that the whole mental health thing. And there was a time in, and it, it reoccurs regularly. And it's something I work on with my counselor. But the time that I have times where I go through the process of thinking, what if I wasn't here? And it's not a, I have no plan. It's not, I, I had, it took me a year to share this with my counselor. Cause I was so afraid that they were going to be in a panic over my life. <laughs> and I was like, it's not that it's, I have no plan. It's not that kind of thing. I legit want to know if everybody <laughs> would make it if I wasn't here. Like, would they know where the things are like, because a lot of times the results of arguments with Tyler and I is he'll be like, where's such and such. And I'm like, if I wasn't here, where would it be? Where would it be? Like, like, what do you want them to wear today? If I wasn't here, what would you do? I would put clothes on them. Go, go one with another and put some clothes on. And, and, but I've also learned that I created that because I'm a little controlling and I uh, like, I've taken care of so much. So he's just kind of like, mm-hmm. what do you want me to do? Kind of thing. Um, but have, do you ever go through that where it's like, okay, but like, what if I wasn't here? Like, if I wasn't here, would you make it? Like, what would you do? What kind of dinners would they eat? Would all the white clothes be pink? <laughs> like, what <laughs> What would happen? Because I think that plays a huge role on our mental health. And I always thought that it was a bad thing that I thought that. But my counselor was like, all you're doing when you say that, she said, first of all, I'm not concerned for you. I'm not concerned because I I did. I think I spent 20 minutes like, but I'm not like, don't panic. Like, don't call anybody on me. Like, we're, we're good. Like, I'm, yes, like I'm, I'm in, I'm in the start of something. It's usually, you know, but I'm, I'm aware of it. And she said, you are allowed to think that way because you truly want to know. You feel like everything depends on you that nothing would happen, nothing would would complete or finish or survive if you weren't here to do it. And then she said, is that true? Or could things, because I was trying to do every single thing all the time. And I would get so frustrated if it didn't get done. And it was like, okay, but if that one load of laundry doesn't get done, yeah, is everybody still okay? Like, is everybody still good? And so I have to kind of remind myself of that. And so do you ever kind of go through those times where you're like, okay, well, I, I do, wasn't here. I- would y'all sleep on the floor? Like where <laughs> I have kind of flipped um, perspective on that. Um, because uh, my husband works his ass off every single day at work and provides for our family, provides to allow me to be home with our children. The fact that he can ask me sometimes, where is this? Or what do I do with this? Or do you know where this is? 
or what goes with this mm-hmm. or whatever, it gives me some sort of um, confidence almost in like, oh, I I know what to do with that and you don't. And because I'm here all the time and mm-hmm. it's, and it's not something that like I hold over his head, but it makes me feel like proud. Like you have to ask me for that. I don't mm-hmm. have to ask you for that because I know where it's at. I know what to do with that. I know mm-hmm. where that goes or whatever it might be. Um, so the fact that sometimes he has to ask me for help makes me feel good. If that makes sense. It does. I need to work on that. Well, I need to flip the script. <laughs> and I, well, and I think part of it has to do with how, like with our kids and their ages. And cause I think sometimes when you have, like I have two littles close in age, I think a lot of times it's like, I yeah. feel needed all the time, like 24 seven. And then you come in and you don't know where the diaper or whatever is. And I'm like, can you just freaking find it yourself? But I think, I think, and I know I need to really flip the script on that myself because that is the reality. Like part of the roles and how it all works is you are out doing what you're doing, working your butt off so that we can live here so that you can do these things. And like, yeah, I work too. And and we're not at a place right now that I can't work. Like, you know, that it is what it is. Um, but that doesn't change that I, because of my schedule, I am able to be here to do those things and to know where those things are and do that. And as opposed to why can't you well, just I mean, learn where those things those, are? Those thoughts as well. And most of the time in my mind, if I wasn't here, you wouldn't know where this was. Or if I wasn't here, you wouldn't know where this I think I say that right. I'm like, what would you do if I, I wasn't here? <laughs> like, would you still eat? Like- I don't know that I've ever asked that question, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, he doesn't answer me. I just say it leave. He's he's like, she'll fine. get over it. It's fine. Uh yeah. But so one of the things that I always kind of end with, unless you have any other things that you wanted to touch on, or I always do kind of like a top tip. So what would be your top tip for following Christ? Oh man, I feel like I have a lot, Um, but I did think. You can have more than one. That's okay. (laughs) Um, I think um, one of the most important things for me, and I, I think we would be very important any type of relationship with your children and your husband um, is praying out loud over your kids and um, being your word. And I'm preaching the choir on that one. Uh, memorizing scripture because that just, it holds so much when you are in different situations and you just start reciting scripture out loud. And are real mm-hmm. and they are everywhere. Once you start spitting out the word of God, they have to flee. And then that is just so powerful to think mm-hmm. about and know. Um, and I think praying over your children out loud is, I feel like that's so, so important. And I do it with my kids every single day, whether it's really short, whether they're even really listening, they're not okay. even really paying attention. God's working on it doesn't um we were in the car uh what is today last week my daughter's had a really crappy nose and um, I just would randomly say like in the car at the house name of Jesus like relieve her ingestion and just make this go away in the name of Jesus amen just little prayers like that and we were in the car the other day and she said mommy just say in the name of Jesus and I said in the name of Jesus what are we praying for <laughs> she said, well, my no, she's my nose. What is your tummy here? She mm. said, I don't know. Just say in the name of Jesus. <laughs> okay. In the name of Jesus, please help Caseline's tummy feel better. We love you, Lord. Amen. And within 10 minutes of driving still down the road, she goes, mommy, Jesus answered our prayers. My tummy doesn't hurt. Anymore. And like the fact that a three-year-old acknowledges that. I was like, she recognized oh, it. thank you, Jesus. Everybody say amen. Amen. I think that that's uh-huh. <laughs> really important, whether it's walking out the door, praying over them before you go to school, in the car, praying over them before you go to school, a situation that's happened with a friend, whatever it might be, if they're hurt, if they're sick, if 
whatever, laying a hand on them and praying out loud, I think is just so huge. And then that helps them know, because our Cooper, sometimes he's like, well, what do I say? And I'm like, you don't have, it's not a special thing that you have to say. It's just a conversation mm. with the Lord. And you, mm. yeah. I think that's so important to remember. It's like God can meet you in the closet. He can meet you in the laundry room. He can meet yes. you in your dirty dishes. Just wants like, that interaction anywhere. with you and that relationship. So just doing that with them, I think, helps them recognize um, that you can say whatever and he hears you 24-7. So that would probably be my biggest, mm-hmm. my biggest tip. I'm glad you said that because you said you said that earlier about praying with your kids and speaking scripture out loud. And I thought of something and I didn't want to interrupt you and then I forgot about it. So there is on iTunes, it's called Hidden in My Heart. And it's a lullaby, it's called a lullaby journey through scripture and it's actual Bible verses, but she sings them in like lullaby form. So when it's really overwhelming and overstimulating, it's an excellent playlist to play in general. The kids listen to it before they go to bed, but it's like, the first one is like, be still and know. And it's the whole verse about that. There are, but there's 10 of them um, that you can choose from and we love them. I was going to open it and show it to you. They all kind of look I like. I cannot see it. I can see it, but uh, I'll send it to you. Anyways, it's, but like some of them, it's all hit. It's called hidden in my heart. And then there's just multiples. And it's so nice because it's like, they know it. And it's very calming and peaceful. Sometimes we play it in the car when Benjamin needs to fall asleep. But it is, it's actual Bible verses being sung over your kids. And so when your kids are a little bit older, I mean, yours are perfect age, but like when you have those kids that are a little bit older, like Zane and your kids that you can actually talk about it with, they're perfect because they're not Bible. I mean, they are Bible verses, but the words, the vocabulary is easy to understand. Um, And so our kids love it. It's excellent. I will share it in the show notes for anybody that wants to go locate it. But yes, I will. So, well, do you have any other tips? I read them all. I know you wrote some down. (laughs) You did. And starting your day with Jesus. Like I said earlier, starting your morning. And I think Mm -hmm. that's huge and it paves the way for the rest of your day. Because when I don't, my day is normally crazy. Mm -hmm. It's going to be crazy regardless. But when you start it with, Mm -hmm. you know, he's walking with you through it. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming and being with us and sharing. And I am going to end us with a prayer and we will end our day with Jesus too. And then we will go from there. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Meredith and for her just being here and, and speaking her, her just honesty and rawness and about her family and her journey through motherhood. And, and I just pray that you continue to use her as a vessel uh, on all, all platforms. She has, some incredible, obviously, social media options and, and that, but day-to-day life, anywhere she is, um, she is a light. And I know that from experience, but I just pray that you continue to use her to share you and your glory and that you have your hand on her and, and her family and her children and her husband um, as they continue on this journey through life um, and that you will just guide them in all the ways and um, and remind them that you are there 24 seven and that you see them and that they belong to you first and foremost, um, and that you hold them in your hands at all times. Amen. Um, it's in your Thanks. name. Amen. All right. This was fun. Thank you. Um, we'll say okay. bye. We'll say bye and then I'll end it. <laughs>